0: From the Mercy One Studio. Man Up. Brought to you by Construction Professionals. A program dedicated to inspiring and helping men live lives of heroic virtue. Join Joe Stopulis every Monday at 9 a.m. and 9 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio. And now it's time to Man Up.
1: Welcome to Band up on Iowa Catholic Radio. We are broadcasting from the Mercy One Studio heard on 1150 AM, 88.5 FM and 94.5 FM around the globe streaming online at iowacatholicradio.com and on the Iowa Catholic Radio app. I am Joe Stophilus and today I am joined again by Isaiah McGee for the second of our three-part episode on racism in America. Let's start in prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. And where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love, for is giving for it is in giving that we receive it is in pardoning that we are pardoned and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life amen father son holy Spirit amen another thing to mention about that prayer that's just a personal side note uh, did an episode last October on my grandfather Carl uh, who just a tremendous inspiration to me and part of his uh, kind of last will and testimony was that our daily prayer uh, be be rooted or at least have this as a part of it, uh, so to recite the prayer of St. Francis every day and also uh, saint paul's letter to the Corinthians, uh, his little treatise on love, what love is. so a little side note there that uh, you know as your uh, if your grandfather or father, a great legacy to pass on to your children is is prayer, um, maybe some specific prayers that are important to you. Uh, that you think it helped them on, it. i know it 's helped me tremendously already uh, since we started praying it regularly last October when we actually we got the, we got the note in in December uh, that uh, for Christmas that was a gift that they gave us was uh, his prayer to us that we would pray that so heading on to day's show uh, if you listened last week, Isaiah McGee joined me Isaiah uh, born and raised in California, Moses talked biography last time uh, and again I think it 's important to realize that I grew up in Iowa, I grew up with very little exposure to, to black people of any kind. Uh, and the ones I did, I, I was friends with. Uh, I went to, you know, Bettendorf a school in Bettendorf, grade school and high school. And, you know, that was my exposure, just not a lot. And so I had not seen, still to this day, I had not seen uh, racism I haven't experienced, it, quite frankly, very much. And Isaiah has a, a different background. He grew up in uh, California, uh, was, uh, it went to two different Catholic schools there, one where it was almost predominantly black, um, and then one that was m- more mixed race, and uh, then moved to Iowa. And again, I think he had kind of an awakening when he came to Iowa as far as a culture shock. And I, where, we're, where we left off the last episode and where we're going to head into this one is that you know, our, our experiences, our history, our experiences are, uh, shape our worldview. And we, can, we have to be able to find common ground with which to, to work. Um, or else it won't happen. We we can't work together unless we can kind of bridge those gaps, those experiences, understanding that people have much different experiences than ourselves. Uh, And so we're going to dive into that in this next episode uh, with Isaiah McGee on the other side of this break. So stick around and we'll be right back. Thank you, construction professionals, for underwriting Man Up!, Construction professionals have been long supporters of Iowa Catholic Radio and we've seen their work firsthand. It's very impressive. They do remodeling or new construction that is innovative, functional, and designing what you want. cpcustomhomes.com
0: Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and John Leonetti in the morning is provided by Five Sons Naturescapes. Five Sons Naturescapes is a Catholic veteran-owned family company providing premium outdoor landscaping, clean up and restore outdoor living space with retaining walls, privacy fencing, pergolas, paver sidewalks and patios. Issues with soil settling and water around the foundation and yard? Five Suns Naturescapes can grade and install drainage tile to help. Five Suns Naturescapes online at FiveSunsNaturescapes.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio, in Christ is the Answer, with Father John Ricardo, is provided by Confluence Brewing Company, a local brewery featuring seasonal and limited-release beers located off the bike trail south of Grays Lake and online at confluencebrewery.com. Confluence Brewing Company has growlers-to-go, apparel, and other gifts for family and friends. Confluence Brewing Company is available for curbside service and would like to thank you for your support. Thank you, Confluence Brewing Company, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio.
2: My help comes from you You're right I'll give you two quick examples of that. Uh, one could be the, something as simple as uh, going into a uh, going and looking at what type of going to a, 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 a party or an event or something where there's going to be food, and what kind of food is going to be served there? You know Well, if, if everyone has a similar experience. There are certain foods that people like and certain foods that people don't like. If I go to that experience and I'm used to having food that's a little bit more spicy, has a little bit more flavor to it here and there, or, or sugar and, and, and spices, um, I'm going to feel like, oh, this is not really not my type of food. Uh, I'm a huge NBA fan, huge NBA fan, love it. I can never play basketball myself, but I love watching it. Uh, and here, people love baseball. So, see, so you and I are much more similar.
1: I it's the only sport I don't watch. I love the NBA. So, yeah. you and I will get a lot. Of, okay, so yeah,
2: and well, and 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 so you can probably recognize with this too. Uh, I've learned to like baseball being out here. I still have not been here. Thirty four <laughs> years, and uh, and part of the reason why I learned it mm-hmm. is because it was a it's a way for me to, to fit in. It's a way for me to um, to help to easily more easily relate if I know who. Um, are the starting nine for, for the Cubs, yeah. immediately I can kind of uh, connect with someone and, and be able to navigate through. Um, and that also goes with other activities. That goes with, you know, uh, I learned how to to, to to shoot a gun. I learned how to go hunting. I learned how to fish. Um, I learned about farming. I have to learn about all those different things in order for me to be able to navigate through. the uh, That same type of responsibility or, or uh, honest is not on someone who's in the dominant narrative. Oh, so, I mean. you No, know, someone who's in the, in the dominant class. That, they don't have to. If you choose not to yeah. know kind of what my likes and dislikes are and how to navigate, you can still navigate through society um, in a uh, largely unaffected way. So
1: I'm thinking, I, this maybe isn't a perfect parallel, but so my mm-hmm. grandfather, when he came here, he spoke only Greek until mm-hmm. he was six years old and they threw him in kindergarten and he didn't speak English. And like, well, he's got to learn how to speak English. This is America. Yeah. And so, I mean, a little, but that was, you know, 1900 or whatever, but he obviously had to do that because he was not considered white. at the time. He was this yeah. really yep. dark, tan Greek kid. Yeah. Uh, and so that was kind of how he had to assimilate as well. And again, he had to do a few other things like become Catholic and marry a Catholic girl uh, apparently was part of it too. He had to leave the Orthodox <laughs> Church. Yeah. So, <laughs> Coming through then today, and this is where I'm trying to, and I think through everything that's happened the last month where I'm trying to, you know, anytime this happens, I try to say, all right, what can we, how can I learn from this? What can we learn from this? Yeah. And so what I, I've got, you know, it seems to me that most people who are black in Iowa would say they have experiences that I don't get to see, such mm-hmm. as people crossing the street the other way. Mm-hmm. Especially taller black guys. I know people yep. who play like basketball in college, and like people in small towns yep. walk across the street. Mm-hmm. Examples of things like that, because I, I otherwise wouldn't hear these things. So yeah, what, what are the kinds of things I'm
2: not seeing? Uh, yeah, I mean, just think, think that's a. Those are perfect examples, and I think it's even more profound in Iowa um, than it may be some place like where I grew up in Los Angeles. In Los Angeles, you have a large, uh, a very large uh, black population, and that has learn how to weave through society in different ways and has a lot of more variation. When I came from, uh, I grew up in South central LA. I grew up in the heart of, uh, where the LA riots and, and the boys in the hood and NWA and all these different kind of like all the stuff that people were talking about in the nineties. Like that was my background and to come here to Iowa and to actually even interact with, with other, uh, black people who are from Iowa um, uh, it was, for me, it was almost looking at, uh, and I say this with, with the most, uh, uh, uh endearing, uh, uh, quality is it almost felt like a characterization. Uh, and the way I've kind of have, have interpreted that is that variability is just not allowed. Uh, it's just not as profound here. So there's definitely variability in, in any, in anything, but when you are a small, even a smaller segment of the population, where who are your examples? What do you look for? You know, where do you get your? When you're trying to figure out who you are and how you identify yourself, where uh, where do you learn that from? Well, if you are black in Iowa, uh, you you look back to maybe some friends or, or 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 family members that might be in other urban communities. Uh, you're also hearing things from from the dominant narrative, from the dominant cultures, about how you're supposed to be. And so you're hearing you know, things about you're supposed to dress this way, you're supposed to look this way, you're supposed to act this way, and if you don't act this way, then are you really black? And so there is a, a dynamic then of, uh, and this really kind of gets to the crux of it, oftentimes then uh, these individuals have to make a choice, or they feel like they have to make a choice. Either I choose to... Uh, assimilate to the, the to the dominant narrative, to the experiences. Like I gotta like baseball. I gotta um, I gotta eat this type of food. I gotta dress this type of way. I gotta do all these different types of things um, in order for me to have the opportunities and the um, experiences uh, for success that I see everyone have. I gotta do things that way if I want to be successful. Or my other choice is I can be my full and authentic selves the way that I see other people who look like me are and the examples that I'm, that I'm shown, um, those are my two options. I can't have both. That's what's being told to them, or that's what's being demonstrated to them. It, maybe it's not being told to them directly, but that's that what's been provided for them as, as the way. Where we want to go, and this is part of maybe kind of getting a small step ahead, is where we want to go is we want to be able to have a society in a, in, a, in a place where someone can have all the same opportunities as you or anybody else has, and still be their full authentic selves. And what I mean by that full and authentic selves is they should be able to uh, not have, they should be able to have their experiences included, their perspectives included, without penalty. Uh, there is not a, uh, we understand that there's differences. I don't think anybody disagrees with that. And most people do not uh, uh, do not see differences as a negative thing. I think most people are not out there. Uh, Long gone are the days where um, folks are doing the types of things that we, that you heard about or read about with Emmett Till, Mm -hmm. but what is happening and what does allow for those things to still occur. um, Even, even in smaller amounts though, is we still do value certain experiences over others. We still value certain perspectives over others. And so, uh, it comes down almost even as simple as if I'm making a hiring decision, um, I might not necessarily be, uh, I'm not choosing someone to say, I'm going to choose the white guy over the black guy. I'm, people are not doing that. But what they might be doing is saying, I can relate to this person a little bit more. I see a little bit more of myself in this person. This person reminds me of my son or my daughter or my cousin or my father or whoever. Um, and, and that is where the scales tip a little bit because I can relate to this person. I can't relate to that person. If I can't relate to that person, then guess what else happens, Joe? Then we start thinking uh, some folks can, can take that even further. I can't relate to that person, which means then I don't know if I trust that person. And if I don't trust that person, then when they do something, I might be a little bit more rigid, maybe a little bit more tough with them compared to someone who I feel like I can trust or I feel like I can relate to. I might give that person a little bit of a pass, a little bit more leeway than somebody else.
1: I think that's somewhat inherently, like naturally the case, which is unfortunate. Mm. But I know Robert Bork, when he wrote a book in the 80s, Mm. a lot of his, it was mid 90s, he was talking about Mm. diversity. He was one of the things Mm. that we're going to have to work on when we talk about Mm. diversity is that level of trust. Because to your point, Mm. and I've made this point, like I was very comfortable teaching when I went junior achievement, like I'm very comfortable teaching in. Catholic schools—that's right, mm-hmm. like that's what I grew up in. I was very comfortable in that. I'm mm-hmm. less comfortable going to Edmonds Elementary where I taught too. It's like because mm-hmm. I don't, yeah. to your point, I don't fit in there. But I think the more we get out and do these experiences, yep. the more you put yourself in those positions, mm-hmm. the more likely you are to you'll, you'll realize that those gaps aren't as big as they are, right? Yep. I mean, as soon Absolutely. as I think so, maybe as I'm looking for takeaways here, you know, and I'm going to turn the table over to you. I think getting out of our comfort zone for one would be a good a good start, right? Have those experiences. Um, So I'll start there. What other thoughts, I mean, as far as things we can do tangibly to say, all right, guy in Des Moines, you know, 34-year-old dude in Des Moines, what can you do to help stem the tide? Because, you know, we're all seeing what's going on outside. We're seeing protests, we're seeing wherever, whatever, a lot of stuff going on, a lot of anger going on. And I see that, it's okay. How can I help? You know, I'd rather you not Break stuff right now. I'm looking to help. I think we get all like we we saw the tape, and every mm. human being on Earth agrees that's a terrible thing. Like that's a horrible thing that happens. The guy should be in jail. This is a disaster. Let's unify around that. Mm. Let's say okay, what can we do then, given this? Yep. And again, I'm not in a position of power. I'm just some random guy with very few experiences. Right. So what can I do,
2: uh, in my life, in my sphere, to help? move the ball forward. I, I think there, there's probably three things that I would, I, I would recommend and, and I'll even place this in the context. I know some people don't, they disagree, agree or disagree about this idea of privilege. Uh, and what I'll just throw out to you is this way. I, I'm, I'm not necessarily here to have that, that, that debate. That would be another full couple episodes, <laughs> yeah. a couple more episodes. But I will say you do have some power um you 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 have some power from the from the standpoint that you can operate in a in a space where as you've mentioned multiple times here uh, you don't have to worry about some of these other things and so because of that uh, that that leads me really to that first part uh i think the first thing we can do is just operate from a space of uh, agreeing that everyone uh, is born with 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 dignity. Everyone has this innate dignity, and sometimes we violate that dignity, and sometimes we honor that dignity. And we need to do more of honoring the, that dignity than than violating that,
1: which is biblical in nature. Yes. we'll start there. I mean, yeah. this is the Catholic show uh, yeah. that's extremely biblical in nature. I mean, you know, one of the things about again the Black community in general, it's, it's a vibrant spiritual community. Yes. You know, there's a lot of things we can learn. I'm yeah. uh, in Milwaukee. There's vibrant. Black spirituality, and that's something you know that we all can learn from in the church. Is that, Absolutely. Uh, again, I think if, if we step out, we can see these types of things. So anyway, yeah. I'm interrupting. Yeah. But.
2: Well, no, and and and, and that's kind of where where I come from with that. You know, I went to a uh, I went to a Jesuit school, um, and so so my uh, my faith is is influenced highly by this idea of social justice. Um, and, and so when I think about it from that perspective, uh, for, for anyone who, who claims to, to follow, be influenced, whatever, however you want to frame it by the work of, of, of Jesus Christ, then you have to be an advocate of justice. You have to be an advocate of of making sure that when, when there's evil happens, that we, that we do something about it. Uh, And, and so I think that's the first part is, you know, there's looking at everyone, regardless of, since we're all sinners and we all, you know, do things, looking at everyone with that basic piece of humanity. So it doesn't matter. Uh, I know sometimes people are having these conversations about, well, you know, this person did this and that person has a criminal record And this, regardless of that person has a criminal record or not, uh, that person still is a human being that is deserving of some level of humanity. A human beings shouldn't have their neck, their windpipe yeah. crushed for eight minutes while other people stand by and watch.
1: I'll be doing a, a series here on the virtues, and one of the four cardinal virtues is justice. And yeah. Justice mm-hmm. is giving someone their due. Exactly. And that's clearly not what is, yeah. you know, it, it's a fair and equitable of giving someone their due. And that's obviously violating the law of justice.
2: Yeah. Particularly because then how do we how do we actually get better? If we believe that not only that we we're all sinners, but we also have this incredible... Um, uh, opportunity to grow and be better um, and and to to uh, uh, follow God and be like God, then we have to give people an opportunity to do that. And we can't do that unless you give them their due, unless people have an opportunity to, to go through and repent and, and, and go through those those experiences. And I think that goes to the second point. So if we can agree, A, that everyone has humanity, the second thing is we we can't look at these things um, as singularities, uh, it's the whole forest of the trees type of, type of thing. You know, if you look at each one of these things up close, you say, "Oh, there's that tree. There's that tree. There's that tree." And oftentimes, what I hear is when these different acts of violence that are caused by the state towards individuals, based off of uh, a pre pre assumption of who they are, what often happens is people again look and say, "Well, this person was doing this, and if they would have just did this, if they would have just this that." but we don't look at the whole grand scheme of things. And particularly in this particular case, not only we can look at the officer, that officer is going to have his day in court, which unfortunately uh, George Floyd will not um, have the opportunity to, to, to have that, but that officer will have his day in court. But there were other officers there that saw it happen and did nothing. On top of that too, we think about the whole kind of, if we even take another step back, not only did those officers not do anything, but, Many of those officers, including the main one, um, had a history of complaints against them, which means then the system as well there also didn't do anything. We take a step even further back from there. Just in that same week, we saw someone sleeping in their home get shot because they had a no-knock order, and they came through, Brianna Taylor. Uh, they came through, and they believed that, they, that there were drugs in that home. There were not drugs in that home. The people who, who said... Uh, the the tip where they got it, they already had that person in custody, um, and then someone lost their life. Why? Because she may or may not have known someone who once sold drugs, um, or you know someone who's believed to have um, uh, trespassed. You know, trespassing, having drugs, having that twenty dollar bill should not be reasons for someone to lose their life. Yeah, right. Uh, and the fact that all these things happen, and I think the, the last story I'll just add to this, because remember, this is all happening all at the same time. Now, the last part of that was then we still had in Central Park, you know, a, a guy who's bird watching sees someone who's not following the law, uh, who's not following the rules, doesn't have her dog on the leash, and they get in a tough and in an in a, in a argument about it, and she threatens to call the police on him. Why? She's purposely trying to utilize the police because she knows that there is a high probability if the police come. They're going to look at her as a white woman differently than they'll look at him as a black man. So going back to those ideas about that's not necessarily going black man, white woman, but who do I trust? Who do I, who do I not trust? Who do I feel is comfortable? Who do I feel as a threat? And that's where the issue stands.
1: So in. again, back to what I always try to look at this as are, What, framework can we you know change minds think of things in my own life that i could do so i look at the minneapolis thing mm-hmm. and that to me seems like i can't say it's just a minneapolis problem but clearly a problem that's happening way more in minneapolis with those major things happening than in des moines i spent most of the day today with a des moines cop buddy of mine mm-hmm. and he was joe i've been in the forest for you know a decade more like we i just i've never seen things like this he goes, i we yeah. have a very good relationship with most of the like, most of the community we have a very good relationship with so i was asking them like so what what reforms should we do because san francisco's talking about all right all these non-crime related things mm-hmm. will outsource the cops so i'm like that's i think that's a great that I might be a, good a great thing. place to start yeah, yeah
2: because i mean here's the thing I, I i truly do believe you know most just like you know my background is education that's what i do so this like i go in and say most teachers go the teaching because they want yeah. to help kids. What is the best gift ever? Giving a Catholic education is at the top of my list. Your contribution to CTO helps families send their children to our Catholic schools who otherwise could not afford it. In giving to CTO, you receive the best tax credits ever. Pledge or donate online at ctoiowa.org. The bottom line, it's for the kids and their future.
1: Thank you to Mercy College of Health Sciences, Downtown Des Moines, for underwriting our show, The Uncommon Good, with me, Bo Bonner.
2: And I'm Bud Marr. A degree from Mercy College provides endless possibilities. Students have access to patients with complex medical conditions, state of the art medical facilities, highly motivated healthcare professionals, and classroom professors that transform them into servant leaders.
1: You can start the programs in fall, spring, or summer. There are endless possibilities available online at mchs.edu/slash kwky my help comes to you. you're right here Thanks again to Isaiah McGee for joining me on another conversation uh, next week will be part 3 the end of our conversation on race uh, and racism in America so please join me for that today uh, last week was another was a great man uh, St Thomas More was the uh, saint of the day and i mentioned how he is a guy who we can relate to Again, even though he was a really great mind to the church, and I told you if you've not seen A Man for All Seasons, go out and watch it. One, it's just a great movie. Uh, it's, it's so well done, and it'll give you, within two hours, you'll have a, uh, a good view of the man of who St. Thomas More was. Well, today, a much more prominent saint in the church, and again, one that's super relatable, and uh, one of my favorites, St. Peter. Now, how blessed we are as a church to have St. Peter. You talk about embodying what an everyday guy is like. Uh, Saint Peter was it. Uh, Here is a guy who who screwed up time and again, and dusted himself off, and got back to work. I, I just I was always as a kid. I just remember thinking, why this? Why is Saint Peter do? Why is he doing this? Why Why would he be such a buffoon so often? Uh, and now as an adult, I realize because we all are. Quite frankly, we all screw up. We all deny Christ at certain times during our lives. It's how we respond to that. Right? Remember that Jesus, that Judas and St. Peter both denied Christ within 24 hours of each other at the end of their lives. One of them repented and the other one didn't. And they took much different paths uh, in history and, and uh, after those 24 hours. And think about that. And that I, I just always reflect on, on my relationship with him today is so much different than what I was as a kid. And I didn't understand St. Peter but how blessed we are to have our first leader uh, be St. Peter, someone who we can relate to in so many different ways. Uh, And a man who, again, I talk about it often, but in the Acts of the Apostles, who was a changed man who went out and spoke boldly to the people about Jesus and what he had seen and the person that Jesus was and the difference that he made in his life. So, St. Peter, pray for us. Thank you again for joining me. Again, part three will be next week. Uh, it's going to be a great end of the conversation uh, on this very important conversation on race in America. So thank you again for joining me on man up on Iowa Catholic radio. I am Joe Stoppulos. It is time to man up,
0: man up, inspiring men to live out their call to holiness with Joe Stoppulos heard Mondays at 9am and 9pm on Iowa Catholic radio brought to you by construction professionals.